Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. So we all remember uh, the so-called Summer of Love, and it was far from a love fest. Everybody who lived through it, and you saw it on the streets of basically almost every major city across this country. And tonight you will be, I think, as astounded as I am, that New York City is looking to maybe pay some Black Lives Matter protesters, 21000 bucks each, saying that police basically violated their rights during the summer of 2020. Is there anybody out there who thinks that any of those protesters out there during the so-called, quote, summer of love think they should get a dime? They should be paying us 21000 bucks each or more. When you think about the damage and destruction and just the horrible things that happened in that summer. And to me, it is astounding at a time where the world was just being overrun by protesters. There was so much violence. Uh, There was looting. There was arson. Remember, we saw police stations that were up in flames and the destruction from even just like like a month period, less than a month period. I was looking between May 25th to June 8th, 2020. The damage was between $1 and $2 billion across this country. There were, at that point, 19 deaths. There were so many people injured, including about 2,000 cops. And yet now we are at a place where the New York City Council and others are discussing potentially paying Black Lives Matter protesters $21,000 each, saying that police, when they, you know, corralled them up or if they prevented them from protesting or if they arrested them, if they were getting out of hand, well, they violated the protesters' civil rights. Is this not just the definition of insanity? Here they were dealing with protesters that were totally out of hand, totally out of control. They were being outrun. They were being beat on the head. We saw some being beat on the head with chairs and bricks and everything else, bottles, everything else. And what, they're supposed to take it? And that's basically, by the way, what happened in places like New York City. Because they were essentially told, hey, stand down, stand down, try to keep things peaceful. And so police were getting beat up. Uh, They were getting pushed around. They were getting verbally and physically assaulted. And then when they corralled the protesters and started arresting the protesters, suddenly they're violating the protesters' civil rights. Are you kidding me? This, to me, is the the definition of insanity. This, to me, is unbelievable that we're at this moment here That during those protests, which destroyed so much of America, destroyed so many of the great, great cities in this country, 
And now we're at a place where the New York City Council is considering, quote, a settlement with Black Lives Matter protesters, thinking about paying them $21,000 that they violated the civil rights, allegedly, the police of these protesters. What about the abuse that the police took? What about the preposterous verbal and physical assaults that they were enduring every single minute on the streets of New York and every other big city across this country? You can't pay police enough to be able to want to go back out on the streets after what they endured during that summer and what they endure every single day. And I actually thought it was like a mistype. When I saw the headline, I was like, no, 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 they can't be serious. But yet they are. And New York City, by the way, they had a meeting about it to discuss this. And they were very disappointed, they said, the very progressive politicians, that no police officer showed up to the meeting to discuss this. Why would they show up to such a kangaroo court? I mean, this to me is why police officers are dropping out of the force at a record pace. This is why officers, whether it's New York or Chicago or other places across the country, why would they ever want to be a police officer? Sadly, when they're dealing with this, they get beaten, they get verbally assaulted, and now they're being accused of infringing on Black Lives Matter. Are you kidding me? The abuse that they took every single day was so unbelievable, and they should be getting paid millions by these protesters. I mean, this is outrageous. Outrageous outrageous take a listen i want to give you a little sample of some of the things that they had to hear because this is hawk newsom who is the head of black lives matter remember in new york and this is just one of the nice things that he used to say almost on a daily basis black cops ain't black they blue okay a pig is a pig whether they black white brown asian or haitian a cop is a cop and they are upholding white supremacy we are not our ancestors. We will f*** you up. Black power. Black power. Wow. Uh, does that sound like somebody who was just sort of like tiptoeing through the tulips and acting like Mother Teresa during the summer of 2020? This, to me, is preposterous. Is there anybody out there who actually thinks that these people should get a penny or a dime? I think the damage that they caused to this country... The destruction, the assault on police. We have seen departments across this country that have still not been repaired in terms of their recruitment. Because who wants to be a cop and deal with people like that? That kind of rhetoric, that kind of incendiary rhetoric and assault on officers, it was out of control and it continues to this day. And I contend they should have been tougher on them. Had they been tougher on them, And had the mayors in many of these cities across the country said, listen, guys, we're going to let you do your jobs. Maybe things would have been able to be cracked down even sooner. But so many mayors, especially in blue cities at the time, basically said, you know what? Try to keep things cool. I understand they didn't want to inflame things. They didn't want things to get even more tense. And guess what? There was even more and more damage, including, by the way, Bill de Blasio in New York basically had this kind of hands-off approach to the protesters. And you could see every single day they were getting more and more emboldened. They were getting more violent. And then finally, Bill de Blasio, you know it's bad, when super soft on crime, Bill de Blasio was like, enough. You're burning my city and you're destroying people too much. Finally, he finally put his big boy pants on and cracked down on them. And now today, here we are, 
three years later and the New York City Council is considering this payment. This is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alice on line three. You're in Ohio, Alice. Your thoughts. I mean, should these people get a cent? I moved out of Cincinnati to a small suburb, Amelia, Ohio. I listened to your station. I learned so much. And and what is happening in Cincinnati, uh, I, uh, I first heard about in New York from your station. It'll creep across the country. You can't pay people to to destroy other people's property. These people are communists. And they, a part of what they do is to divide us. And that's why they're hitting the racial, the racial thing so hard. This is disgusting. And by the way, Black Lives Matter, Alice, has been discredited, uh, at least, you know, some of the people that were, I think there were people who, you know, were thinking about, you know, making sure rights and and peacefully protesting. I'm not saying every single person out there was, but some of the leadership in Black Lives Matter, remember, have been definitely uh, questioned their credibility with some of their fancy houses and big expenditures. I mean, and then you see the just the sentiment i mean that that hawk newsome that was like every single day people were afraid to get out of their homes in major cities and they're expecting that these people get paid i mean i I mean this is this truly is insane alice i mean it truly is remarkable to me that with a straight face and it's one of these uh you know one of these new york politicos her name is tiffany caban this is the same loony kazuni she is like she makes uh, aoc look like uh, ray kelly you know, I mean, she basically believes she was the one who said, if you see a crazy guy coming over to you, ask him, hey, didn't we go to high school together? You know, don't I know you? Where'd you get your haircut? Like try to make small talk with some mentally disturbed person, which would basically put you in his ire. Can you imagine? I'd be like, I didn't go to high school. You know, I mean, that was the craziest thing. This is this loony Kazuni who believes that basically everybody should be out and it's a big old revolving door. And isn't that wonderful? And she was the one who today, I couldn't believe it. She's like, where are the police? They're supposed to be at this hearing. I guess they didn't have enough guts to show up at the hearing. That's what she actually said, you know, because she firmly believes that police crossed the line in the 2020 riots. This is the insanity of these cuckoo-doos. Go ahead. If If it starts in New York, it'll creep across the country. Look at what they're doing in California. Also, I understand that Hawk is an attorney. If that's true, what a waste of an education. Didn't help his vocabulary. He he said he can't get beyond four letters. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Pigs, P I G S and others, cops, C O P S. I mean, I, it, right. I, and you know what you know what's amazing, Alice? I think about when I was growing up, and I'm sure you too, um my goodness, it never crossed my mind to disrespect the police. Believe me, if I tried to disrespect my parents, I know, you know, I was like locked in my room for hours. You know, I grew up in a home, you know, uh, where it was like, you know, you respect your parents, you respect elders, you respect, you know, uh, certainly people in uniform, military police. It never, uh, it never fathomed me that I would ever disrespect an officer. And the fact that these people have crossed the line and continue to do it and that there are these politicians out there that fuel that flame. It is despicable, Alice. Your thoughts? They're kicking our country down the drain. It's circling the drain. It's one little thing after another. Divide, divide, divide. I am so disappointed in the government in your city 
and we have similar government here. Our mayor is what I call a Soros baby. Uh, in December, they couldn't find him for some reason. He was he was at the, he was visiting the Dalai Lama and incommunicado. Oh Same my! Thing. Sounds like Buttigieg, you know, when there's yeah, a crisis, right. he's MIA. Oh my God, Alice, pray for New York and everywhere else. Thank you so much, Alice. And by the way, Alice and everybody, it's this is not sort of so unusual. There was a settlement, by the way, it was one of the largest of its kind back in 2010 in Washington, D.C., because that blue city agreed to pay protesters who were arrested near the World Bank $18,000 each for a grand total of $13.7 bucks. And based on sort of estimates, with this 21000 that they're looking to pay, and it looks pretty likely like they may do it, this loony kazuni New York City Council... If indeed they do pay it, it would end up being about six million bucks. Yeah. Can you think about what six million dollars would do in terms of helping our homeless, um, you know, feeding those in need, hiring more police? That's where the money should go, not towards these people. one 800 848 And I am disgusted tonight here on The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. I thought I'd seen it all, but now New York City is considering paying hundreds of people who were arrested, rightfully so probably, during the 2020 Black Lives Matter protests, considering paying each of them $21,000 each, saying their rights were violated under the 1st, 4th, and 15th Amendments, and also that that would total basically in a settlement up to four to six million, saying that the police overreach when they were sort of corralling them all together um, and that some of those that were arrested, some of them, by the way, they're also considering giving some of those who had like notice to appears in court. Um, some of those might get twenty five hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? A desk appearance ticket should get twenty five hundred bucks. Police were overrun, they were outnumbered, they were brutalized, they were harassed, and the protesters might be getting money? What kind of moron would pay these people a dime? Let's go to Norm on line two. Norm, this is a stunner. Your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts. I've got a lot of thoughts because I'm the flip side of these groups. You know, I I have, you know, been being involved with protests uh, for three years now. Actually, longer than that, but three years now. But yours are um, peaceful, we, and yours are respectful to police, Norm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, listen, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes sometimes uh, some of the members of the group have been told by the police uh, to do something, and uh, in general they do. Um, there have been people who have been arrested because they didn't want to leave. Like, example, we had this big thing at the Burger King years ago. Uh, but, Norm, stay focused, but, please. Stay focused. The point is... Um, yes. The point is, and peaceful. let me just yes. be clear. Very exactly. And listen, people who protest often get arrested. Um, yes. But in this climate right here, 
Uh, first of all, I can't blame cops for arresting anybody in this climate. I can't. Right. I, I, I'm amazed how calm and cool they were. And now here they're getting criticized for being overreaching. That's outrageous. Right. I, I also, you know, these groups are left wing groups. And, uh, you know, if, if this was, for example, uh, you know, a conservative group, uh, you know, for, no, nobody got paid. We're, you know, there are no lawsuits against here. And, you know, listen, we, we had we had a healthy and continue to have a healthy relationship with the police. Uh, I always thank the police at the end of the rallies. We shake hands with them. We're I mean, you know, they they protect us from, you know, all those left wing loonies. So yeah, anyway, uh, it's uh these were not protesters. They're well, rioters. That's, that's I've seen my them point. in action before. That's my point. I've seen cops get hit by, by sticks by these people before. So, you know, I, I, I mean, the first rally I went to, I saw a, a cop get smacked in the head by a, by a rod on the Brooklyn Bridge, going over the Brooklyn Bridge. So, I mean, the, you know, these are uh, they're not good people, and uh, it, they shouldn't get a dime. Well, that Norm, thank you, because at the end— what you saw firsthand. Tell me what was the circumstance? When did, where did that happen again? You said the Brooklyn bridge. It was the Brooklyn. You know what? I, I, you know, my, my, I've been to so many of these things. It was either Brooklyn or the Manhattan bridge. We, it, it was um, on the other side. That's, that's the Gracie mansion, right? Yeah. So it must've been the Brooklyn bridge. We went over, uh, it was, uh, it was a rally I attended. It was backing the blue. It was, uh, it was sponsored by a, uh, African-American church, group uh and and the police police benevolent unions and and all the all the police were there and we were marching peacefully across the the bridge and when we got to about midway up on the bridge we saw black lives matter banners and that's when uh, you know bottles started to get pelted at us and we started to get uh, spit on and real and pornographic things written uh upside down american flags uh and uh but norm yeah, anyway, norm saw, norm norm hang on their rights rights were violated though you know i'm being yeah. i'm being facetious i mean g- you know give me a yeah. break i mean that's when when you hear the rhetoric and you hear the comments and you talk about the police being beaten and you guys being beaten um, it, it is it is astounding, Norm. Is there anybody out there that you think actually thinks they should be paid a dime, Norm? Anybody among your peers? Well, probably George. No, n- nobody I know, but uh, probably George Soros thinks they should be given money because he's been paying them anyway. So uh, you know, all all these uh, crazy globalist uh, people, you know, they're 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 cutting these people checks Antifa and uh, Antifa BLM. I mean, I think BLM is sort of on the on the wane. I don't say. I mean, their 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 leadership, their leadership uh, were absolutely corrupt, and it seemed that you know took the money, and they seem to be kind of gone right now. Although but you know, Antifa's you know, it's interesting, there. Norm. You know, it's interesting. Maybe that's part of the reason they're trying to sort of like reassert themselves right now uh, and uh, have some sort of financial comeback. Who knows? But the fact that New York City Council is actually acquiescing or considering acquiescing, seriously considering, is a shocker. Um, it, it really, it's a stunner. Let's go to Steve, line seven. Uh, Steve, your thoughts about this. This is outrageous. First of all, the city council is very, very radical. I don't know if Adams will approve this, but I hope he does it, number one. If he does, then she's, his whole image of a law and order bear is gone. Uh, I'm surprised that the Corporation Council, which does the legal work, the city of New York approved this because this is legal blackmail. That's all it is. It is, isn't it? Be- you know, the blackmail is a great point. It's and and the fact that they're actually what's what's astounding 
is the New York City Council was sort of upset that these police didn't show up to be scolded at the city council today when they were discussing it. Like, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I mean, that's a shocker. Um, Steve, stay with us. We're going to continue talking more about this after the break. Everybody, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. I agree with all of you. Don't pay them a dime. Is there anybody out there who thinks they deserve anything? Are you kidding me for the destruction and damage and assaults they cause? New York City considering paying the BLM protesters? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Charleston, South Carolina, where emergency crews in Charleston worked to save the life of a man who was in distress on a bridge this week. Charleston police officer Dylan Whitcoff, Whitcoff rather, was patrolling on the bridge about 9 p.m. when they received information by radio from another officer about a call coming in for a man who was on the edge of a bridge threatening to jump off. So the officer immediately scanned the area, located the man clinging to the outside of the railing on the bridge. He attempted to make contact with the man who told him to stay back. He did as he asked, but he kept talking to him. Then another officer arrived on the scene and both talked with the man who eventually reached his arm through the railing and an apparent request for help. And the two officers grabbed the man's arm to hold on to him as other officers arrived to help. The police then brought the man over the railing safely, and the man was taken to a local hospital to be evaluated. The two officers then visited the man in the hospital, where he thanked them profusely for their care and kindness that they showed him doing during a really difficult time of need. Uh, the Charleston police chief said, Our troops are dedicated to helping others and saving lives, sometimes even at great risk to their own lives. The officers and firefighters who responded to this person experiencing a mental health crisis displayed an exemplary level of care and compassion. And bravo to these two officers and, of course, all the men and women of the Charleston Police Department. Really, really powerful story coming from them. And it just shows how tough it is to be a police officer every single day. Uh, We were just hearing from our great WABC newsman, Bob Brown, was telling me this terrible story about a police officer in Chicago who is now dead after being shot. Authorities say that the officer was responding to a domestic-related call, citing a person with a gun chasing a female down the street. When police got to the scene, the suspect later exchanged gunfire with the cops at close range, and police say the suspect was shot in the head. He's in critical condition. The officer was killed and was struck multiple times. So it just shows how tough it is for our officers every single day. And this comes as crime is skyrocketing. 
in just the last few hours. Uh, a beautiful, well-known sort of diner in New York City. It's called Brooklyn Diner. Uh, had a woman who was walking across the street sort of right in front of it. Um, it's in Midtown area. Suddenly was stabbed by somebody they believe potentially maybe a homeless person or something. And it looks like a random attack stabbed her twice in the shoulder with a sharp object as she was walking across the street. This happened in broad daylight at 3.40 p.m. And then in St. Louis, uh, just recently, this week, a homeless man was shot and killed in downtown St. Louis. That happened around 10 a.m. Crime is skyrocketing. And these crazy cases of these people who are completely out of control uh, are happening over and over again. And people are attacking law enforcement, taking law enforcement lives like the Chicago police officer. And you're expecting uh, officers to just stand back when they're attacked and assaulted and beat up and belittled? And case in point of what happened in the 2020 riots, officers around the country were basically told to stand down. I'll never forget when I saw that Minneapolis police station burning during the summer of 2020. I thought, that's it. We're over with. The minute you surrender a police station, I've covered a a number of riots and a number of those things as a journalist. The minute you give up the police station, which represents sort of authority and control, You have surrendered the city, and that's basically what happened. And the damage and destruction that was done to Minneapolis, uh, the city has never recovered after the George Floyd riots, never recovered. And that happened to so many cities across this country, and officers were just beaten and harassed. And now this preposterous proposal by the New York City Council, the ultra-liberal New York City Council, is reviewing a potential settlement Basically, to give each protester in a lawsuit twenty one thousand five hundred bucks if it's approved by a judge. I hope this judge, but I'm a New York City judges, they probably will approve it, which is just shocking to give these protesters that were arrested saying their rights were violated uh, because they weren't able to fairly protest and express themselves. Well, what about the police officers? What about law abiding citizens? What about businesses? that were burned down left and right. And then also, there's others that could get $2,500 who were given desk appearance tickets, which would require basically somebody to appear in court at a later date. And because they were harassed by getting a desk appearance ticket, they could be getting $2,500 each from the city of New York. These are all basically Black Lives Matter protesters People like Hawk Newsom, who had this kind of really nice rhetoric in the summer of love. And the only way that we get ahead is through unity. But I'm not talking that kumbaya unity. I'm talking that if you with us, we up type of unity. I'm talking that I will die for each and every one of y'all type of unity. I, I'm used to another kind of unity. Forgive me. That that kind of unity doesn't sound so familiar to me. And then Hawk Newsom, remember, threatened, you know, threatened officials, threatened police if Black Lives Matter didn't get their way. Basically, physically threatened them. Take a listen. They think that they're going to go back to the old ways of policing that we are going to take to the streets again. There will be riots. There will be fire and there will be bloodshed. So there's no way that we're going to let some Gestapo come in here and harm our people. 
Isn't that outrageous? And those kind of people are now potentially, and I bet you likely, sadly, by New York City standards and some loony kazuni judge, uh, potentially getting paid $21,000, saying that their rights were violated during the Summer of Love protests in New York City in 2020. That is the most insane thing I have ever heard. Let's go to Steve. Line eight. Steve, your thoughts about this. Hey, Rita, can you hear me? I sure can. But boy, I I am like, I am furious tonight. This is outrageous. Anyone who wants this, the city council of New York City is mentally ill. That's all there is to it. They're, they're, They're sick. They shouldn't pay one penny to these people. Does Hawk Newsom realize that the odds of him getting killed by a black person as compared to a cop are astronomical? I mean, but, but not if you listen, not if you listen to Black Lives Matter, because they were fueling this sort of hatred and division. They you're, you're absolutely correct based on the numbers. And by the way, communities that have more police officers, uh, they're safer. You know, it's protecting absolutely. all communities, including African-American, Hispanic, communities, all communities. Absolutely. I think if one penny's paid out, I, I hate to say this, every cop in America should call out one day sick. All every policeman, and then then you'll see them crying, begging for the police. Well, you know that you know what you know what that's a great point, Steve. It's like let them let them realize what life is like without it. And you know one of the examples I I've thought about, Steve, is I think it was in actually Minneapolis where the city council, after everything right. that happened with the riots, um, they decided to create uh, to basically disband police temporarily, and they wanted to have. The citizens basically respond. Civilians respond. Well, that lasted like two days because what happened was in New York City, I mean, a uh, Minneapolis council person had a problem. There, I think a break-in or something like that and called 911 and police weren't available. So she's like, well, maybe this isn't a good idea. Um, so you're right. Maybe they need to understand what it's life like is like under anarchy. You know, I mean, I mean. The the problem I have also with this payment is it will incentivize other people to do the same thing. I mean, this is giving a green light to bad behavior. Your thoughts, Steve? Um, I totally agree. It'll only encourage people. Um, now, I have one more question for you, Rita. I can't imagine Stosh agreeing with this. Ah, let's see. Good old Stan, Stan, right? Oh. The, the yeah, Stan the man. We'll see. I mean, if he has if he has a half a brain, he'll agree with it. But Steve, good point. Thank you very very much. Um, let's go to let's go to Michael on line four. Michael, your thoughts about this? Rita, I do remember the uh, mess of twenty twenty, and. Everything was going wrong. There was looting. In fact, speaking of looting, in New York City, there was a pharmacy where the uh, steel door, roll-up door, was ripped off. They broke in the door. They broke in the glass door, storm door, and they sold everything. And, and by the way, no by the medicine. way, Michael, Michael, that was happening also in so many drugstores across the country, drugstores, grocery stores, but especially drugstores, because they were breaking and getting the drugs. They were going back actually behind the pharmacy 
and getting, you know, the Oxycontin and, and whatever else they could get. Um, and drugstores were like some of the bigger and jewelry stores too. Remember like, uh, some of the fancy schmancy stores like in, uh, Soho and different, you know, I mean, how about the scene? Remember the scene in Macy's? It was like free for all, like a couple thousand of them were like rummaging in Macy's. And it was like, hey, uh, come on over. We're rating so-and-so in Philly. We're rating this one in New York. They were even putting it on social media saying, hey, meet us at 8 o'clock. We're uh, storming this place. Come on over. I mean, it was insanity. It was absolutely insanity. And, and, and like it almost looks, it almost seems like a bad movie, but it was real. We lived through it. Let's go to, let's go to Michael, uh, line three. Michael, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, uh, where's the voice of uh, this police commissioner we have, Sewell? You only see her at, like at funerals or, or, I mean, she's a great spokesperson, except she doesn't talk up and uh, she doesn't have any confrontation with uh, Adams at all. And she should be defending her people. By the way, that's a great point. It'd be interesting to see because we haven't heard from her. We haven't heard from Adams be interesting to hear from both of them on this. And I bet you, uh, you know, I bet you at least she is. And I would hope Adams, too, former cop. I mean, he was a former captain. I hope he understands just how horrible and how violent he is. And, he, and you know, I mean, in terms of the riots, what it was like against the cops, I would hope that he would speak up um, and say something. And she, too. I mean, she's been in law enforcement. She's been vocal on some things in the past. She certainly talked about repeat offenders, as has he. You know, that it's like there's two, 3,000 bad actors that keep repeating the same old crime in New York. Same thing in other cities. Usually it's a handful or a couple thousand that are doing the same over and over and over again in the revolving door. Uh, but this certainly, the idea that this would get paid to bad actors... Um, you know, people who are creating mayhem, I think just incentivizes more of it. And to me, this would be shameful. I mean, this is absolutely, and you're right, she should be saying, I, I actually wish she had shown up at the New York City Council meeting and said, how dare you? How dare you actually do this to my police officers who were doing the best that they could under the most dire of circumstances? Um, and you're right, she should actually go out and defend them. That, I think, would be brilliant and important and needed. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry, line two. Larry, your thoughts about this? Hey, Larry, you're off mic. You're off You're off the phone. Can you come a little closer, Larry, if you could, a little closer to the... the uh, yep. Okay. This is going to lead to more black youth like Tyree Nichols getting shot and, and, and killed because they're going to start testing the limits... If the cops, they're going to they're gonna try to see if the cops are intimidated by this payout and they, if, they're, if their law enforcement behavior recedes and they're going to challenge the cops more and more and you're going to see more and more tragedies of black youth taking the wrong message from people like criminals like Hawk Newsom and they're going to challenge the, continue to challenge the police because of these black power slogans. And there's going to be more tragedies because of this. Yeah, and that's the sad. That's a great point. It's a sad reality. It's like it's like uh, awarding bad behavior. That's what. That's the point. You know, I mean, to be able to say, um, well, okay, you know, um, I'm going to be um, getting paid X. It's going to instigate others to do the same thing. They're going to think, well, gosh, maybe if I get arrested, 
uh, and try to do or I harass cops and they do something or they, you know, arrest me, uh, why, you know, why wouldn't uh, I get X amount of money? You know, I mean, to me, uh, it is it is just it's it is accepting the worst kind of bad behavior. And to me, it is it's just disgusting and shameful. Let's go to Chris. Line three. Chris, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, my thoughts are with, with the cops. I, I remember just a few years ago they were uh, they were detaining Jewish people going to synagogue, Christians going to church, uh, women running businesses. They're trying to shut down a gym in New Jersey. You're talking um, about during. I, I, hang on, Chris. Hold on, because okay. I don't want people to misunderstand. I know you're referring to during COVID, during the pandemic, when they yes, were told. Yes. I, okay. Yes, I'm, no, no, no. I'm referring to them. Supposedly supposed to uphold the constitutional law, but they decided to side with tyrants. And I don't see why we should lick in the boots of government lapdogs. That's what police are. All right. Hang on, Chris. Chris, two things. Two things. Hang on, Chris. You're like rambling Rose here. Okay, let me just ask you. First off, we're talking about the riots of 2020. You're talking about a very different thing where they were asked to shut down places, do certain things. There are a lot of cops who didn't want to do it, but they were told to do it. Um, and I hear what you say. You don't like that they were doing it. I didn't like that businesses were being shut down. People were told, put your mask on. I hated all that stuff, too. But I also think they were, as we all have to recognize, they were being told to do it, ordered to do it. Second of all, do you have a problem with, you know, with uh, protesters who are beating cops in the middle of the riots, uh, taunting, uh, doing a million things, and then them suddenly getting paid money? I, I'm trying to figure out uh, what kind of planet you're on, but go ahead. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, these people voted for no cops. Let them have their violence. These states want to restrict our rights to defend ourselves. Let them have their chaos. Let them have their anarchy. Because that's what they voted for. Why should we have cops dying needlessly to protect people that don't want them? Let them kill each other. Give us the right to defend ourselves. I live out in the country. What's a cop going to do to me? I don't need a cop to defend myself. I can defend myself. People need to be self-reliant. We do not need the police. They should be there to investigate and to detain and to arrest after the fact. They're not going to be Chris, there you missed your calling. You missed your calling. Maybe you could have worked for Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, but now she got voted out. Uh, you could have maybe been the deputy. I mean, you can't have it like the Wild West. Uh, that ain't going to work in uh, civil society. And uh, you're like all over the place. I mean, we desperately need police. And I think anybody who thinks otherwise uh, is drinking some wacko Kool-Aid. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I still want to know what Chris was drinking, because, boy, that guy was nuts. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about New York City looking at potentially paying Black Lives Matter protesters who were looting and vandalizing and burning cities like New York $21,000 each, saying that their rights were violated by the police in 2020. Are you kidding me? 
Let's go to Jacqueline, line three. Jacqueline, uh, this is like insane. It is. It absolutely is. It's pouring salt in the wounds. It's adding insult to injury. And my personal opinion, I haven't done any protesting, but I think we all, if that goes through and they pay one red cent to any of those anarchists, we need to protest and uh, un- until it is reversed. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Ridiculous. Jacqueline, I 1000 percent agree. We should be out there saying, are you kidding me? At a time where money is tight and budget is tight, you're going to spend one dime on these people. They should be paying us. More than 21000 if you look at the damage. Again, just from that brief period alone that I was mentioning, it was like a two-week span, max. It was May 25th uh, to uh, July 8th in 2020. One to $2 billion worth of damage just during that time. I mean, 21000 barely is the tip of the iceberg of what they owe us and what they owe America for the damage that they caused and the destruction that they caused. I'm with you. I'll be right out there protesting with you, Jacqueline. Uh, Let's go to Ben in Brooklyn, line one. Uh, Should we be out there protesting if a dime is spent? No, Rita, no. Please do not pay them anything. And uh, you kind of stole my thunder um, about the reasons why they shouldn't be paid. And, um, yeah, so I'd say, you know, if they need money, you know, um, Black Lives Matter, I heard several times, we're given a billion-plus dollars. That's how those people... Uh, I think in Chicago, we're able to buy mansions. So if they need money, let them, let them go to those uh, Black Matter, Pat, uh, Matter people that um, had uh, gotten all that money. And as a uh, black or slash colored people person that my coworkers hate to hear, um, I say um, uh, vote for Trump and kick uh, Mayor Adams out. What else can I say? Well, and, um, well Ben, and Ben, by the way, I want to play um, a little clip. Thank you for the call um, um, in terms of uh, the money that was spent. There were so many questions about all the money. Here's um, somebody from Black Lives Matter talking about some of the homes they have. Take a listen. Really amazing space that's a sweet spot between commercial and residential that has office spaces, that has parking, that has, yes, a home on the property, but also has a soundstage where you could do podcasts and you could do uh, live events in the backyard. That sounds like a nice house. Uh, That was funded by BLM Money. And you think about all the businesses and individuals who donated it to it. And many of them, I think, donated to Black Lives Matter with noble intentions, thinking they're helping all individuals. And then they find out that some of it was going to the protesters, rioters. Some of it was going to homes for the, the, the owners, according to all these reports. What, what a farce. Uh, let's go to Nora, line eight. Nora, your thoughts about all of this and this potential settlement. This is outrageous. Oh, absolutely. And Rita, I want to tell you what I learned. There were a total of 300 plaintiffs, protesters, plaintiffs, that filed a class action lawsuit with the city. And I learned that 99-0 of them have already settled with the city. So unfortunately, the money has gone out. And as you said, a judge has to approve the rest of the uh, the settlement. Yeah, and that's the, now, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. Yeah. 90 of the 300 um, have already been paid out. Like, who approved that? Who approved the 90? And that was a while ago. And this is sort of the last batch of 210. 
Yeah, I mean, that's insane. That that to me, what kind of a judge would say, yeah, I'll give you a dime, Nora? Well, uh, do you, uh, also, Rita, Patrice Cullors is very upset with the Democrat Party because she said it's deep cowardice that the, uh, the Democrat Party is now sort of distancing itself from BLM. Well, and guess why they are? Because it looks like BLM just wants ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. We're going to keep talking about this and a lot more after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. In this hour on the Rita Cosby Show, we will talk about the crisis also at our U.S. southern border. And boy, uh, this week they've had some hearings. Thank goodness that the GOP has finally been having some hearings on the border and with real people. Uh, Yesterday, you know, we played on the show that mother who lost two of her sons to fentanyl. Uh, I can hear her voice in my head. It was so gripping and so painful and so powerful her words of the loss of her two precious sons to fentanyl. And I thought to hear from her, it was just moving. Um, And again, unforgettable. I know many of you called in after that. And today there was another mother, and we're going to talk about what she was saying and what the GOP is trying to accomplish with these hearings. Well, one thing is for sure, they're not holding anything back. Uh, Congressman Clay Higgins had this to say to Mayorkas this week, putting the blame squarely on him for our open southern border and the fentanyl deaths, which are now numbering about 300 a day. Secretary Mayorkas, I'm going to see to it that you have plenty of time in the course of your remaining life to remember the names of the 200,000 Americans who are dead because of fentanyl coming across a border that you have blown wide open. Bravo. You know what? That's what you need to hear. Are you kidding me? They need to know the repercussions of an open border. You can't just have an open border and then say, well, oh, it's not my responsibility. And then Clay Higgins, by the way, took it one step further. You got to take a listen to this. Clay Higgins, by the way, is a former sheriff. So listen to what he said directly to Mayorkas. The border is wide open and out of control. And Americans are dying because of it. And I know Secretary Mayorkas is watching this or having his team of attorneys watch this. Good. Because over the course of the next year, this committee is going to lay out the case against you, sir. If I could arrest you for violations of Louisiana Revised Statutes, I would. Louisiana Revised Statute 1432, negligent homicide. Louisiana Revised Statute 1424, principle to any criminal action. I charge you with thousands of murders as principal, too. Wow. Uh, I would arrest you if I could. That is a powerful statement. And thank goodness, at least the GOP is trying to bring attention to it. Because guess what's happening? The Democrats aren't even showing up for the hearing. And today, Steve, Steve Scalise just blasted them. He is the House Majority Leader, and he basically said it is, quote, disgraceful that 
the Democrats are skipping the hearings on the border crisis, saying, listen, fentanyl is taking so many lives and you can't even show the decency to show up. That is outrageous. And this comes at a time where, speaking of law and order, which certainly needs to happen on the border, uh, we need to respect law and order. And we've been talking about New York City looking at paying Black Lives Matter protesters $21,000 each. Um, as you had aptly said, one of you guys had called in, and I think it was Nora who called and said this. This was really smart because, yes, indeed, the city has already paid 90 uh, of the 300 uh, that were part of a couple different protests during the Black Lives Matter protests. They've already settled them out of court. So already city taxpayer dollars were going to these Black Lives Matter protesters that were destroying buildings and businesses. By the way, 19 deaths also during um, those summer of love protests, at least 19 deaths just during the initial, uh, you know, initial like week and a half of it. So uh, and we're paying them a dime. First of all, who approved of the ones before that never should have happened. Uh, and now to find out that there's another 200 or so left where the city's looking to pay this twenty one thousand dollars each. This is outrageous. This should not stand. Is there anybody out here who thinks that Black Lives Matter deserves one cent? You have got to be kidding me. And again, I think it's a brilliant thought. Where is the police chief? Where's the mayor? Where is everybody saying, no, 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 this ain't going to happen? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to, let's go to uh, Phil, line seven. Phil, your thoughts about this? Good evening, Rita. It's a pleasure. Uh, I think what's important here is we're missing missing the whole picture. If these people were acting under the label, official label of Black Lives Matter. What's intriguing is some of them, as you said, 90 got paid. And there's another bunch waiting to get paid. Now, my point is this. If they're acting under the the moniker, under the name of Black Lives Matter, and they have the endorsement, apparently, with Off Newsom, why doesn't the state, each respected state, take up lawsuit, criminal lawsuits against the organization Black Lives Matter to recover monies. Why aren't they fighting with the Black Lives Matter people in a court, in a superior court, to get compensation? Because the people were openly stating these people did not get money because they were just walking around the streets uh, demonstrating violently. They endorsed, they were endorsed by Black Lives Matter, and they themselves admitted they were under the impression of Black Lives Matter. Why don't states start suing the people like like uh, Hawk Newsom, Ed Al, and all his friends, suing them for money and get those get those houses they bought sold and, and put the money back at the hands of the victims who suffered? You how know about, what? I, I think it's victims? a great idea. You know, the problem is, Phil, I think, I mean, yeah. maybe people might do it now, but early on, uh, the Black Lives Matter was basically blackmailing people, you know, and, and I think people would have been afraid to go after them being perceived, even states being perceived as, quote, racist. You know, it was like, oh, if you don't agree with Black Lives Matter, you know, it was like, uh, you know, if you go after them for vandalizing your house, you're a racist was sort of the, the M.O., yeah, it seemed. Well- well, one other thing, one other thing I'll point out in general, the concept of reparations towards people of color. I spoke to a, a professor of law at, uh, at uh, what do you call Fordham University, 
And he told me something very interesting. He said, in order to recover for an individual of color, to recover an American, to, to get reparations, they would have to prove that the person who was affected by slavery prior to 1870, they'd have to have a slaver's bill of sale and some proof and evidence that also the person was a direct lineage of their, their birth. In other words, it was their great-great-great-grandfather or their great-great-great-grandmother. And the point is, at that, at that point, they'd have to prove that before they can even become eligible for a single penny. And that's going to be next to impossible, I think. Yeah, it, well, I think that is, and I think a lot of people are outraged. By the way, California, uh, in, for example, is talking about paying $5 million bucks. There's some groups out there that think that anybody tied to slavery in some form, you know, like, you know, distant relative or whatever, uh, that suffered under it should be paid $5 million. I mean, how is that for uh, dividing America even further? My goodness. Uh, let's go to Charles, line one. Charles, your thoughts about this? Charles, go ahead. Are you there? Charles, I can't hear you. Call back. You're, you're, a, you're in a wind tunnel, but call us back. Uh, let's go to Vito, line two. Vito, your thoughts. Oh, hi, Rita. I love your program. You know, I'm not shocked by this whole thing. You know, they're, they're, I'm not furious or surprised because, to me, this is congruent with the attempt by the puppeteer to totally eviscerate this country. And who's the puppeteer, Soros? Is that what you're referring to? Well, the the one who awarded the Capitol Police officer made him a hero and gave him $50,000. The one who uh, made the the effect of Sergeant Cordell a hero gave him $50,000 and cost us six American lives trying to not rescue him, but merely to retrieve him. Uh, Maybe it goes down to Soros. I'm sure it does, but... But there's a puppeteer in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who's the puppeteer? Are you talking about Biden or you're talking about somebody else? Somebody else. Yeah, no, I, I the think there's, by the way, I think there's a Biden lot of people pulling the, the strings, Vito. I, I think, you know, I think that, and I think sadly, it's like the world is upside down. I mean, whoever the puppeteer is, they're, they're turning this world upside down. And I bring up the Soros because there is so much money and George Soros behind these soft on crime DAs like Alvin Bragg and Gascon and a number of others, the the prosecutor in St. Louis, who may be removed shortly, hopefully, uh, with her soft on crime approach. But you're right. There's this there's this there's this tendency. And the people, uh, for example, at New York City uh, Council and some of these, I mean, if you could have seen them, they were like shocked that police didn't show up for a hearing. You know, in other words, they should have been there to been scolded. By the New York City police. I mean, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, it's like this twisted logic that we're seeing in a lot of these liberal cities. And, you know, there are still people out there that, after all this time, still don't understand. You can't defund police. You got to support our men and women in blue to keep all of us safe. And you got to appreciate them. And uh, they still just don't get it. It's like, I don't know what it's going to take for them to understand how risky that is for a civil society not to have law and order. I mean, it is just insane. Uh, let's go to Stan, line six. Stan, your thoughts about this, my friend. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to talk about last night because I didn't get on, but I'll make this quick on this subject. Yes, yeah, stay the on this one, Stan, please. I wanted to talk about last night. The We're talking about tonight. Tomate. 
the disgusting comments, that phony Republican meeting down there. But uh, the courts aren't going to do anything. I, they'll throw it out. I don't think they'll do it. You're talking about you're talking about the BLM. Uh, yeah, I, I think they'll I, throw it. By the way, I, you know it'll what, Sam? set a precedent for every other thing down the road. No, Stan, I think it'll. I actually wish you were tr- you were correct on this, but I actually think um, that that they're going to approve it because they already paid out some of it, um, and this is the this is sort of the remaining portion. They already settled out of court with ninety of three hundred. Uh, protesters that were in attendance at a particular, uh, you know, riot, if you will. Um, and so they already had a precedent for paying it. And uh, now it sort of rests with the judge. I, my inclination, New York City uh, and Looney Kazuni with some of these people on the New York City Council, as I mentioned, I sadly think that uh, that a judge will probably approve it. Um, and that breaks my heart because just like you said, Stan, uh, it sets an incredibly dangerous precedent for more to come, but a precedent sadly already been set. I mean, I, I think I think it is irresponsible, don't you think, Stan? It's outrageous. What is it that opens the door to other people doing the same thing? And I thought so much of what's happened in the summer of 2020 was reprehensible. Go yeah, ahead, but, Stan. Uh, yeah. Uh, last night, what was heard by I heard from you and the rest about this woman with our sons was disgusting. And I'll tell you why. Nobody brought up the fact. Yes, fentanyl is a scourge. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I didn't hear you talk. I didn't hear the Republic that these guys didn't get this stuff buying. They were buying Percocet and they, were, they didn't get it in a pharmacy. They got it on the street. They're drug addicts. They were un- addicted oh, to Percocet. Oh, wait a minute, Stan. Are you, are you, you, you are not victim shaming. These kids were kids. They were teenagers, Stan. So what, are you trying to say that they deserved it? Shame on you. Is that where you're going? If they're drug addicts, they were looking for Percocet. Okay. But anybody who buys drugs in the street, sometimes they're going to be... T- I don't like... Uh, uh, Stan, they were it's kids. Disgusting. Stan, they I were don't... kids. Wait, you don't care? Is that where you're just about to go? Don't you dare go there, because that's not a bad... Uh, that's not a good place for you to go, Stan. That is where? Go, go, uh, I'm just asking you. You were about to say, I don't care, and you no, caught no, yourself. That's not what I said. They were drug addicts, and they were looking for... They were oh, what? They, they, they deserved it? Is that These were that's... young kids, Stan. Do you know how many kids experiment it's, it's, with drugs or that. try different things? What Because they bought it. Because they bought it from there, some of them got it from different cases, of course, of different circumstances. Some of them ordered it online. Some of them got it from somebody that they were getting something else from, but they didn't know it was laced with. Uh, I mean, that is outrageous to say that, what, because because they had some sort of drug habit. Do you know how many kids test drugs and try drugs in their life, Stan? I mean, that's a preposterous comment. That is an addictive drug. Percocet's addictive. Maybe they had a problem with Percocet. They couldn't get it legally in a pharmacy, so they went on the street. Of course, it, fentanyl's disgusting. It's a scourge. I understand that totally. We've got to get rid of it. But if, they, if their mother would have said to them, let me see if I can get it in a pharmacy, they'd be alive today. These, Stan, these that things. is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. In other words, what, it's the mother's fault or the kid's fault? Wow. Shame on you. We're going to continue actually talking about the border after the break. Since good old Stan thinks it's the kid's fault and the mother's fault uh, that, you know, the kids shouldn't be trying drugs. Absolutely. But what they deserve for it to be laced with fentanyl. I've heard it all. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Well, Stan thinks that if somebody buys drugs, well, you know what? What the heck? If they get fentanyl in it, that's their problem, basically, is what he said. It's one of the most outrageous calls I think we've heard on this show. And especially after today, where there was a hearing on Capitol Hill and some really powerful testimony. And a lot of it was about what should happen to people who are selling uh, drugs and also especially fentanyl that are bringing it through the border uh, that is so toxic, so lethal. And in fact, one of the stops just the other day uh, that took place near San Diego, there was so much fentanyl, it could have killed 50 million people. The amount of weight of the fentanyl, it was, you know, over 200 pounds of fentanyl. Think about that. Uh, and it is so toxic and so lethal. And it is time that we actually get a handle on it. To me, it's outrageous that Democrats, for the most part, don't show up when there's hearings at the border. They don't come. They've come to a few on Capitol Hill. And listen to what Jerry Nadler, Democrat in New York, had to say. Uh, basically, you know what? Let's just let's not really treat this as a crime. Fentanyl's not basically that bad. Take a listen. The fentanyl crisis cannot be used as another justification for mass incarceration or an excuse for harsh immigration policies that do nothing to prevent addiction. While fentanyl is especially deadly, addiction and overdose are not new. We must learn from the failures of our past and treat the fentanyl crisis not as a crime problem, but as a public health problem. What? We should treat it as a public health problem? I want to play actually Cut 19 now, because Nadler went one step further. This is the most crazy comment I've heard because obviously if people are doing terrible things like bringing fentanyl, uh, committing crimes across the border, you got to get tough on them, but not according to Jerry Nadler. Some Republicans want to incarcerate our way out of this problem, but we know from past experience that this simply does not work. Drug prosecutions generally catch low-level dealers, but very rarely reach the leaders of trafficking organizations. Since cartel leaders can often recruit new dealers, More arrests and longer sentences for low-level dealers does not stop the flow of drugs into our communities. Other Republicans say tough immigration policies and a border wall can stop fentanyl. But the facts are not on their side. While it is true that a great deal of fentanyl comes into the United States from Mexico, it is overwhelmingly U.S. citizens, not migrants, who are bringing it in. Fentanyl is not carried across the border in the middle of the desert, generally, It is driven in commercial trucks and passenger vehicles passing through legal ports of entry. That's why Democrats have supported investments in more law enforcement tools to detect illicit drugs. Yeah, so let's get tough on them. Don't worry about tougher sentences. Why waste your time with tougher sentences for criminals? Uh, Really, that is really going to solve this absolute crisis. What is your reaction to the sort of soft on crime approach that we are hearing time and time again from Democrats? And what a stark contrast it is from Republicans again, who say this is out of control and it should be treated as basically anybody bringing it basically as a terrorist, that it is that kind of destruction to our country. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Paul, line eight. Paul, your thoughts about this? Yeah, Rita, you read my mind with the terrorism thing. I, I think we need to call this crisis for what it is. It's, it's, it's an international terrorism operation with all these people in China who make the drug and the cartels down in Mexico who send it up. I mean, this is this is absolutely a terrorist act to, to poison our youth. 
Yeah, absolutely. And most of the people actually, you know, that are involved in it are cartels. Uh, these are ruthless thugs. Um, some of it in line with Americans who are making money on it. And anybody who's in the pipeline, and China included, I mean, Chinese are manufacturing it and bringing it there. Uh, we need to get tough. It's not time to get soft on them. 300 Americans a day being killed on it. It's outrageous. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. Is it time to get tough and treat them as terrorists? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great military and their families, a beautiful story here to share from Waynesboro, Virginia, where the state honored 98-year-old Emerson Pell and honored him with a surprised birthday parade celebration. Emerson Pell served in the U.S. Navy as an aviation machinist, mate third class, which is responsible for operating and maintaining ship propulsion machinery, auxiliary equipment, and outside machinery. Pell was absolutely surprised by the parade in his honor in Augusta County, Virginia, uh, by his family. And also there were many friends, uh, members of the Jeeps Club in the area, and also the Volunteer Fire Department. By the way, at 98 years old, Pell got his driver's license renewed for five years. Upon receiving it, he said the only thing he looks forward to this year is getting back behind the wheel of his truck. I hope I'm driving at 98 years old. That is really great to hear. And bravo to him, this great World War II veteran who was honored with a surprise birthday celebration. We love hearing that. Well, one thing we certainly don't love hearing is what's going on at the border. By the way, uh, there's a new story that's out tonight that basically says uh, that the New York City Council has basically scrapped together in New York City, as we've been talking about uh, paying out Black Lives Matter, folks. They have scrapped together basically $1.2 million, uh, in funds that they had that are going now to two nonprofit organizations which provide migrant-related services. And then another charity is matching that. So about $2.2 million going toward migrant services in New York. Uh, that's really just a drop in the bucket, though, because Mayor Eric Adams uh, first off, remember, he was asking for a billion dollars from President Biden and President Biden hasn't given him anything. And Mayor Eric Adams is basically warning that it could reach four point two billion dollars by the middle of next year. The cost of housing all the migrants, 40,000 plus that have come to New York City. And that's just the impact on New York City. It's like forty eight thousand that have basically come through and been processed and put in shelters and fancy, you know, smancy hotels and everything else. But New York City at least spending some money on it. And it makes you wonder, well, what else could they have done with that money? Maybe help veterans, maybe help the homeless. There's a lot of problems in New York City and somehow they're able to scrap the money together, uh, at least some money together for migrants. Uh, And it's obviously, again, just a drop in the bucket. But what about finding money for some of our homeless veterans that you see on the streets of New York and streets across the country? And there are so many problems now, especially with fentanyl. We were talking about just how disastrous it is. Steve Scalise, who is the House Majority Leader, was putting out a major plea 
uh, in the last 24 hours, talking about the fact that fentanyl is killing 300 Americans a day. And we all know it's going through the southern border. It's literally coming through the southern border and killing mostly young people who are either getting it from somebody on the street or they're getting it from a pharmacist. They're getting it online. Um, Obviously not knowing it's fentanyl, that something is laced with fentanyl. And it is literally killing so many Americans, especially so many young people, including this woman's son. Take a listen. She testified today. This was a second day of really gripping testimony on Capitol Hill. This is Erin Rockwall, who talked about her son, Logan. For all of us, losing Logan was like a bomb going off in the middle of our family that we had built our life around. This explosion killed our son, and he killed Caden's brother. The aftermath of a completely unexpected and devastating death like this is unexplainable until you actually experience it. This palm, this weapon is called fentanyl. Through our grieving process over the past two years, we have realized the impact this crisis has had on our nation. And today, I sit here not only on behalf of Logan and our family, but also for every single family in this country that has suffered the loss of this tragic drug. Wow, it is so emotional to hear her speaking, and here's a little bit more of her testimony a few hours ago. To connect with our son, Logan, we have to look at a sunset, a rainbow, listen to a song, look at a picture, or wear his fingerprint around our neck. This is what fentanyl does. It changes everything, our past, our present, and our future. In conclusion, our family's story, Logan's story, is just one of tens of thousands that have occurred and will keep occurring if we do not take action to slow down and ultimately stop the explosion of this deadly poison. And then she put a challenge to those members of Congress that were there. Take a listen. The temporary scheduling of FRS has shown to deter the creation of new FRSs, which is one clear way in protecting our country. Therefore, we know permanent scheduling of these substances is a solid shield we have to fight the fentanyl crisis. If you are questioning whether this bill should be passed, I'm going to ask you, how can you focus on theoretical rights of criminals over the rights of our children. Yeah, I mean, there is no price for the loss of a child. And Derek Maltz, who has helped so many of these families, we've had him on the show. He's great. I'll be doing a new podcast with Derek also, by the way, this week to really talk about this issue because he is he has so much powerful information. Uh, Derek Maltz, former DEA special agent, had this to say about what we need to do to go after our cartels. Those are the cartels that are destroying America's youth. The cartel Jalisco New Generation and the Sinaloa Cartel are the enemy of our children. In my view, fentanyl is a chemical weapon, and the narco-terrorists in Mexico are destroying our country. They need to be held accountable, even if it means using our U.S. military. The cartels are taking total advantage of weak security at the poorest border, killing more Americans than any terrorist organization in the history of the country. Wow. Saying basically time to get the U.S. military involved. Is it time to really put the screws 
on the cartels in Mexico. I don't understand why we're not putting pressure on the Mexican government to really clamp down on these people. It's really shocking to me. We have a president who's like lackluster. He's standing next to the president of Mexico and he's basically saying, oh, you know, our border system's fine, no problem. And the president of Mexico is applauding him for basically being loose on immigration and open border policies, complimenting him on this. And meantime, all Americans are suffering. And you hear these stories of these mothers. It's just heartbreaking. And I can't imagine what it would be like to lose a child to something that was laced with fentanyl, a child who wanted some sort of drug or a medication, whatever it was, and it turned out to be laced with fentanyl. I mean, this is just, it is gut-wrenching, gut-wrenching. And so far, we've heard nothing really from the president. I mean, it's like he literally has talked about fentanyl, I think about 30 seconds in the last year. And it's claiming 300 American lives a day. More, by the way, um, as Merrick Garland was talking about today, more than car wrecks and more than gun violence. You see the headlines about gun violence all the time. And you see the Democrats saying, oh, we got to get rid of guns. What about getting rid of cartels? Wouldn't that make more sense? I mean... Obviously, get rid of illegal guns, but wouldn't it make sense to go after cartels and these people who are just wreaking death and destruction more than car wrecks and gun violence are fentanyl deaths? I mean, how much more do you need to know? And the president is not saying anything. I mean, this is it is it is unconscionable that our president has been silent on this. And this is what Congressman Troy Nels had to say. He actually thinks it is time to really do the ultimate punishment for anybody who deals with fentanyl. In your testimony, you state, quote, threatening drug dealers with life imprisonment or the death penalty is also unlikely to deter the drug trade, end quote. Mr. Nadler was up here just a few minutes ago. I'm paraphrasing him. He says, we can't incarcerate ourselves out of this problem. And I'm agreeing with you. I realize that that individuals, these drug cartels, drug dealers, they're risking their lives being involved in this business. I understand that. But I support President Trump and his recent comments related to making the sale and distribution of fentanyl a capital crime and the use of the death penalty. I believe this strategy will will, uh, address this serious problem. And maybe not, it won't solve the problem, but I believe that if you start strapping a few of these ruthless bastards to a gurney and start filling them with the same drug they were selling to kill Americans, it would bring me a great deal of satisfaction. That is one of the strongest statements I've ever heard. Put them, uh, give them some fentanyl is basically what Troy Nels is saying. Uh, Give them the ultimate punishment because that is what they're unleashing on Americans. Uh, Here is a little bit more of Congressman Clay Higgins, who says that the blame, a lot of this, rests on Alejandro Mayorkas. And Clay Higgins, again, is a former sheriff. And he says this is just outrageous that those responsible for opening the border are basically responsible for so many of the crimes that are occurring. Border is wide open and out of control, and Americans are dying because of it. And I know Secretary Mayorkas is watching this, or having his team of attorneys watch this. Good, because over the course of the next year, 
This committee is going to lay out the case against you, sir. If I could arrest you for violations of Louisiana Revised Statutes, I would. Louisiana Revised Statute 1432, negligent homicide. Louisiana Revised Statute 1424, principle to any criminal action. I charge you with thousands of murders as principle too. Wow, Republicans are not holding back in their anger. And at least it's nice to see somebody saying we need to do something about the crisis. Obviously, the blame lies in a lot of places. Uh, you can look at China. You can look at Mexico. Uh, there's a lot of places to lie blame. Uh, but certainly, at least they're not ignoring the fact that fentanyl is pouring through American borders. And now we're also hearing that the northern border is a little vulnerable, too, uh, from Canada, the Canada, Vermont. I mean, that what? Now we have to watch that one, too. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony, line seven. Tony, your thoughts. Well, I think the reason that Biden's not doing anything is because he's in China's pocket. And the New World Order wants um, chaos to reign over this country because it's easier to take it over. And the drugs, the fentanyl, is coming from China. The reason they're lacing other drugs with it and making it look like a different drug like oxycodone is because they're tricking people into taking it and killing them. This is murder. They're purposely murdering our people. And those two boys that died... They didn't deserve that. I don't care if they were drug addicts, which they weren't. But if they're the biggest drug addict in the world, they do not deserve to be murdered. One thousand percent. I agree with you. That was one of the most outrageous comments that we heard from our caller, uh, Stan, earlier. What did you make of his comments, Tony? I thought he was disgraceful. I really do. He had absolutely no empathy for these two young men and their mother. Okay, kids do that. I did that when I was a teenager. My friends did, too. But back then, we didn't have to worry about somebody trying to kill us with fentanyl. Yeah, it, I mean, so many kids experiment and try things, and they are certainly, uh, you know, not to blame and uh, should not have, you know, something so toxic in drugs. It, it's just, it is it is reprehensible. And I agree with you. I thought it was a despicable comment. Uh, coming from Stan, basically say, oh, well, they're drug dealers, you know, oh, what they what they what they should know about it. I mean, give me a break. I, I agree with you, Tony. I found it just unseemly. Uh, what's your message to uh, to people who think that tonight? Shame on you. Shame of all of you who think they deserve it because they don't. A lot of them are young people. They're experimenting and they're being murdered by getting drugs that they didn't ask for, didn't want. They're being tricked into taking poison. And I agree with you. It is murder because anybody who is putting that in there, they know how toxic fentanyl is. I mean, we see the headlines. I don't know if Biden does because he doesn't talk about it, but we all see the headlines. And, you know, Tony, I had on my show, too, we had um, a couple weeks ago. Remember, we had the DEA special agent in New York who was talking about it is basically a granule of salt that could be toxic that much. Think about it. I mean, that is like frightening. So that is very easy for people to put it into an oxycodone or some drug dealer to put it in something else. Or if you're buying something online and kids see something, they think it's something that's, you know, that's safe, it's fine or whatever. Um, and they experiment or they try it thinking it's an oxycodone or whatever the case is. Um, it, it is, it is, there is, these are kids 
so many kids sadly experiment with drugs and they should never uh, have to suffer the ultimate uh, punishment uh, and the ultimate, um, you know, uh, just death, as we have seen in the destruction that fentanyl has caused. It is just horrible. Absolutely horrible. I agree with you 100 percent, Tony. I'm so glad you called. Um, we're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about the scourge of fentanyl and what we need to do. The Rita Cosby Show. Wow, Republicans are getting tough on those who deal fentanyl. And I'm happy to see it because I think they should be considered terrorist organizations. These cartels, uh, boy, we have been so soft on them. Mexico's been so soft on them. And this wide open border and the sort of lack of oversight in Mexico, the lack of oversight by our president, it has created a cauldron and our kids are suffering. And to hear these parents, I played the mother yesterday and the mother today, it is gut-wrenching. They are pleading with American lawmakers to crack down on those who deal with fentanyl. Troy Nell says it should be the death penalty for fentanyl. Um, He is not holding anything back. Who do you think is responsible and what needs to be done? Uh, Let's go to Steve in Brooklyn. Steve, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts, Steve? Yes, I wonder if people have noticed that people like uh, Jerry Nadler are calling the crime of fentanyl an illness, a mere illness. And meanwhile, they're also saying that the illness of the coronavirus in many instances is a crime. In other words, they've said that crime is an illness and illness is a crime. That was the topic in a very famous dystopian book called Looking Backward by Edward Bellamy. And he wrote over a hundred years ago that the time would come when they say that illness is a crime and crime is an illness. You know what? You are absolutely right, by the way, Steve. The the way he is phrasing it, the way he is dancing around the verbiage that it's a health issue. Uh, like, in other words, it's not so serious we don't need to necessarily crack up and stiffen the punishment. Exactly. This um, is a dystopian change of language, just like Brave New World by Aldous Huxley and just like George Orwell's 1984. Yeah, that, and the author that wrote that book was named Edward Bellamy. Well, thank you. By the way, Steve, early, Steve, thank you. No, you're right. Now. You're right, Steve. Thank you. History repeating itself. Let's go to BJ if we could. BJ, your thoughts about this. Be, go ahead, BJ. Uh, that's coming through the gangs, the MS-13. Uh, one brick of, of fentanyl could take out uh, the East Coast. Uh, it's highly toxic. You can get a transdermal infection because 80% of our money supply is tainted with uh, uh, some type of drug residue, usually microscopic, but there are people who have gotten fentanyl overdoses from ha- handling currency. Uh, this is uh, Stan is is off again, and uh, this is the type of see Trump had this in check. He had the guy uh, in Mexico working with them, and t- he basically told them, "Look, if if you don't keep these illegals out of our country, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to declare uh, uh, the the cartels, terrorist organizations, we're going to invade." And the guy was keeping back the the uh, the illegal immigrant hordes. 
And now we have uh, basically them hopping over the fence like rabbits. Uh, so um, we really need to get tough on this. We're in World War Three, folks. This is world. This is people often want. This is what World War Three looks like, uh, and it's all coming from the CCCP. Yeah, you know, you, you, you. By the way, I'm so glad you're going back to China because you're right. The fact that they are bringing it in um, at a time where we've been talking about all the leaks from the Wuhan lab that looks likely like the cause of COVID, according to the Energy Department and according to the FBI. So you got that cauldron, and now the fact that. They are the ones who are manufacturing it, giving it to the cartels, and then they bring it across the border. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what are they doing and, and what's the mission that they have behind this. And why are we not cracking down? Why are we not picking up the phone and saying, don't you dare produce it anymore? I mean, the fact that we have such a weak president has, has really created, I think, just a, such a catastrophic situation. Weakness has opened the door to all the migrants, open the door to the drug dealers, open the door to the Chinese. And all of this is it's it's it is such a dangerous situation. And, and it's frightening, BJ. It really is. Um, thanks for the call. I always appreciate your call. You are terrific. Uh, let's go to Robert in Philly. Robert, your thoughts about this. Hello. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going, on... Actually, we're going to Robert in Suffolk first. We'll go to Robert in Philly next, but we'll go to Robert in Suffolk. Go ahead, Robert. Oh, okay. There's a couple of different things that could be done about the situation. Arrest government officials who won't give us equal protection of the law. Arrest the pharmaceutical executives who produced the chemical, who made it, and also reschedule the fentanyl. And there's another drug that's even more powerful that they made. And that's already have hit, hit the streets. What is that? And also, I have to look up the name. It's called ISO. ISO. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, by the way, I remember hearing about that, Robert. But you're right. That's an interesting point. Get tough and start arresting these people and let them know we mean business. Now let's go to Robert in Philly. The second Robert. It's Robert Squared. Go ahead, Robert. I will. I'll be very quick, Reed. It's good to talk to you. Before I comment real quick on something Nadler said, I wanted to thank Stan from going for going from a mindless partisan to a POS. I know you know what that means. He's willing to dismiss all them deaths and the people who weren't buying drugs, who touch it and fall down dead through no fault of their own. He's willing to dismiss all that to let Biden go. But Nadler said we're only we're stopping it at the points of entry. That's the only place you're looking. What about the 700,000 getaways? Have a great night, Rita. Absolutely. By the way, Robert, great points. And you know what? They're not stopping at the points of entry. I mean, that is a bunch of hogwash. And if you believe that, uh, I'll sell you a bridge in Brooklyn. They're not stopping it. We wish they were. But boy, this is a disaster for this country. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.